My next guest is an industry decision maker. Her name is Sunny Hickman. She's the vice president of marketing and sales for the Harlem Globetrotters. You know the Harlem Globetrotters, the world-famous Harlem Globetrotters. They've been showcased in iconic talents in 124 countries and territories on six continents since they were founded in 1926. 1926. Sunny Hickman is the creative powerhouse behind the Harlem Globetrotters 2021 relaunch, orchestrating a team of hand-picked specialists. She used the she ushered the iconic brand through a renewed focus on black culture, ball of life, and social justice. Making decisions like that to a legendary brand does not come without proper planning. Sunny is on the show to discuss her career and these successful brand changes to the Harlem Globetrotters. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, Sunny Hickman. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Sunny, I like to believe I laid it out pretty proper about the- You well, did. You know, uh, iconic, you the big, those big words, you know, when a brand that I grew up on. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to go all the way back to 1926. Why was the Harlem started? Mm, the Harlem Globetrotters were started? Uh, were started to really bring this, uh, celebrate uh, when basketball, bring this style of play um, to the country um, in a time where um, the Harlem Renaissance was just permeating around the country. And there was this style of play that came from these African-American ballers that um, a gentleman named Abe Saperstein had the fortitude to say, people need to see this and experience it. So that's what started the Harlem Globetrotters. Well, so I was, I'm assuming when you say that it was tied to maybe a, a you know, a denial of a black athlete for participating in the white sport that they desire, and so they were left with um, just playing with against themselves, like the Negro League, you know, and and a lot of yep. leagues that were developed out there. The most famous is the Negro League because of baseball and the Jackie Robinson. But there were other situations out there in football, in basketball, that were not. Publicized, and I guess you can say, in a way, the Harlem Globetrotters was was basketball version of the Negro League. Is that correct in assessing that? It is, and there were other, um, you know, black basketball teams that were playing during that time. You know, when they weren't able to play, you know, in the NBA when they, you know, before the NBA was integrated. Um, I think the Harlem Globetrotters really were the team that um, put it to a whole nother level and brought integration into the NBA. Uh, A little known fact is they Harlem Globetrotters would actually play a game before the NBA game (laughs) back, back in the day. Mm -hmm. And as it would turn out is more people would come see the Harlem Globetrotters game than the NBA. So then they switched the NBA team would play first and then the Globetrotters would play afterwards because they were the ones who were up drawing the fans. Right. People, people packing up their clothes, leaving. I got my snacks, right. my coat. I'm out. I've, <laughs> I've seen what I came to see. Okay. Let, let, you know, I know, right. I know we all people who are Sonny, who's hearing this interview. I'm talking to Sonny Hickman, the vice president of marketing and sales for the Harlem Globetrotters. When we talk about I can I can have vivid memories of watching ABC, Wide Worlds of Sports, you know, just laughing at these guys who had incredible skill and making amazing shots. When did the, when were the when were the uh, Holland Globetrotters introduced into your life? And when they were introduced into your life as a as a as a teen, as a youngster, what effect did they have on the Harlem Globetrotters have on you? Oh, wonderful question. So I was introduced to the Harlem Globetrotters through uh, Scooby-Doo when the Globetrotters <laughs> right, were on Scooby-Doo right. as well as 
Right? Remember that? That Absolutely. was um, when I learned. And then Wide World of Sports. Mm-hmm. So I used to see the Globetrotters there. Um, and then when they cameoed on, on Gilligan's Island. So when the Globetrotters were really deep in the pop culture, that's really when I learned them. I, my, my mom... Um, never could afford to take me and my siblings to see them live. So I never saw the Harlem Globetrotters live growing up. Mm-hmm. But I remember that flash and flair and funny and fun of the Globetrotters uh, growing up. Well, it's really interesting. Like, I, I've actually had the pleasure of visiting your headquarters. And it's almost like walking through a museum, you know. And it's really it's so much history. And and it's so and it defines certain lanes and how the Globetrotters had an impact on our lives, you know, because, you know, even though they were entertainers, they also were crossing, you know, international lines. They also were entertainers that everybody could relate to, and especially white America, you know. And that's mm-hmm. all I saw when I watched ABC Wild Wars of Sport was an audience, a stadium or arena filled with white people. What is the audience makeup of what the Globetrotters is attracting right now? Mm-hmm. So I I was talking, I'll tell you a quick story as I answer this question. I was talking to Coach Lou Dunbar, mm-hmm. Pete Lou Dunbar. He's one of our legends. Okay, let me just tell you Louis Dunbar graduated from my college, University of Houston. So I know Louis Dunbar, six nine and a half, point guard, point forward. <laughs> Come on, man, you can, you can just yes. stop talking to me, Sonny. So you gonna just throw out <laughs> Louis Dunbar like I didn't know who you were talking about. Louis Dunbar, come on. He was he was a point forward, a point forward before they were point forwards. I know him very well. University mm-hmm. Houston graduate, Louis Dunbar. Continue, continue, mm-hmm. continue. So, I will continue. Right? So for your audience, they may not have known he knew like we do. Yes. So now we put them up on game, spread a little game. So Coach Lou shared with me once, like people would ask them that question. Like, why would you not um, spin the ball on the fingers of the little, you know, black boys or girls at a game. And he would say, I couldn't get to them. They were so far up in the stands because of the tickets that they were able to purchase that they, he couldn't do that. So people of color were there in, in small numbers, mm-hmm. but it was the Globetrotters were primarily um, entertaining white audiences um, and have been doing that for decades. And um, as culture has shifted, right, as this love of basketball has evolved, that's where we need and want to be. We want our audience to reflect um, the kaleidoscope of colors of the globe that we touch and that our players visit. Well, you know, the interesting thing about it because of the fact that the globe charters do touch and they, and they do, uh, you know, they do tricks that are, and I say, that, uh, you know, I, I'm going to tell you something. Saying the word trick, I think, is an insult. They have a skill set that they've mm. developed, whether it was the half court hook shot or dribbling between the legs or the or the uh, the half court shots. Which now, when you see when you see what Steph Curry's doing, they was doing in the Globetrotters a long time ago. Right. Okay, half court three point shots. That was That's part right. of the that was part of the Globetrotters mantra of how they their skill set. And so, what it, what That's somebody right. some people have called tricks have not been become part of the uh, NBA style of play the three-point shot. And so so when you see that transition, in order for you to come in and be a part of this, you have to come from somewhere. You have to have build your resume from somewhere, Sonny. So I saw Dollywood. And talk about uh, developing your brand, walking through these different structures of, of success, mm. and also you as an individual, a person of color, 
going in these different lanes where people expect you to be a certain way and you show them that you're able to relate and be able to communicate and market to all. Talk, tell to us, Sonny. Ooh, um, so that flash and flare of the game of basketball. So I, basketball runs deep in my roots. Mm-hmm. So my mom uh, raised four kids. She was a big Larry Bird and Magic Johnson fan. Seventy nine, nineteen seventy nine. I that's, know it. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> and then um, I grew up, you know, watching uh, Michael Jordan. I was a big North Carolina fan when J.R. Reed played. Like that was my squad. My um, husband is a basketball coach. Mm. My son plays basketball. He's in college um, playing basketball now. So I've been around basketball a lot. And I like to think that I'm an assistant coach. Okay. okay. Uh, but can you dribble a basketball? That's all I want to say. Can you dribble a basketball? Come on. <laughs> I got a mean crossover when nobody's around. <laughs> <laughs> see, see, when you, see I, I know when somebody starts talking about everybody else, you know, everybody else, they don't say nothing about because you start bragging on yourself first. Now, I got a hook shot. I got a jumper from the corner. I got a, I right. got a between the legs. I got a round the back. You ain't say nothing about yourself. You talk about your mama. You talk about your husband. You talk about your son. And you went, uh, and, uh, you know, and, I, and I'm a mean coach. <laughs> That's right. I'm dope on the sideline. But, you know, I was actually, I was a cheerleader. Uh-huh. I was a cheerleader uh, okay. through high school and at Clark Atlanta University. So oh, I'm a no. proud HBCU alum. I know go, you had you. our president on mm. the show recently. I love it. I love um, so it. I got to cheer and coach from the sidelines uh-huh. for a long time. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, so my journey, my journey, and as I built, built out, you know, who I am is, one part of it, I would say my time at an historically black college at Clark Atlanta, you know, our motto was find a way or make one. Right. And that translated not just in the classroom, but it really was in life. And it goes even beyond that. You know, I was, you know, raised, um, you know, by my brothers um, who had sort of the mindset of like, forge your path, know who you are and know who you ain't. Mm-hmm. Um, don't anyone that sort of doubts you or underestimate you uh, underestimate you use that as fuel to drive your passion Mm -hmm. and be trusting and open. So God has been, you know, my guide of my life uh, for me and my family. Um, For years, we were those kids that are, um, we'd be at church all day. Mm -hmm. We'd be there for uh, Sunday school service as well as potluck. (laughs) Um, So we were in the church um, a lot. And so my faith, is really important. So kind of what led me um, kind of on this path is I believe that nothing's impossible. Right. And I don't have this um, over confidence, but I do believe in uh, determination and hard work. So putting putting in the extra hours and being okay and confident walking in the doors, even if there's no one in that room that looks like you, um, being confident and trusting and open in who I am and what I'm capable of has really been one of the things that have driven me. When I went to the Dollywood Company, Mm -hmm. um, I was you know one of less than you know five African Americans in the management team. I was one of two in leadership, and it was such a special culture there. Um, Dolly Parton believed like we opened our doors at Dollywood to all people every day, regardless. 
And the desire was, how do we create families, uh, experiences for families that are worth repeating? Regardless to what color you are mm-hmm. and your background, everybody's here for that, mm-hmm. right? Um, something that's meaningful, something that's special, something that's memorable. So that's really at the root. I sort of know my why. I know what my purpose is. And my purpose is to really help to influence people to just spend time together. And now the basketball, that round ball has been uniting families and uniting people of all walks of life for decades. I just got the rock. Right. And have the opportunity through the Globetrotters who have been trailblazers, who've been breaking down barriers, who with where society is and how racial injustice is like um, truly at the forefront that right has reached this pinnacle where there's zero tolerance from, you know, our next generation. I'm able to help use basketball as a means to really deliver that message on behalf of our players and the Globetrotters way and what they've been doing for 95 years. Well, you know, an interesting thing about it, because, you know, just I'm just trying to put the right words in perspective just to sell my point of view when the the court, because the Globetrotter brand is like court gestures. You know, they I think they're having their good fun and sometimes they're having that good time in front of white people. And then when the, when the George Mm -hmm. Floyd hit, and uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure there was a perception, or maybe it wasn't a perception, of how what role does the does the Globetrotters play in turning that corner of what a, who, who are they speaking for, and what brand or what culture are they trying to represent? And you mm. looked at it and said, "Hey, we are a black brand. We are a black culture." And social justice has to be part of the messaging. Was that a difficult spin? Uh, was it a difficult spin for your players to understand, or your player felt it was a breath of fresh air when you introduced these new ideas or these new cultural changes to the to the Harlem Globetrotters? Because Harlem Globetrotters are what they are. They're they're basketball phenoms, mm-hmm. male and female. But again, what are they off the court? That's what I believe. That's the story you're trying to tell now. Correct. Absolutely. Uh, the Harlem Globetrotters players are superheroes both on and off the court. Mm-hmm. And any player that you speak to and they talk about the legacy of the shoulders in which they stand on of the great Curly Nils and the Metal Arc Lemons of um, of the Sweet Lou Dunbars of, you know, their desire to just spread love, um, this idea of spreading game, of being that phenomenal player that athlete on the court but really being that um hero that inspiration that motivation off the court and i think that's something that hasn't been seen of well what are the harlem globetrotters like outside of the jersey right because that's where the personal bond right is made that's how us as people find our heroes, find our stars, find those, you know, individuals that we look up to. It's who you are inside and outside the Jersey when you have your superhero strength going and when you don't. And that's really been the focus and sort of the why and the why now. Our purpose of the Globetrotters is world-class basketball showmanship, uniting families and spreading joy. And we've lost our relevance and our ability to do that. As culture has evolved, you sort of said it. We've been these basketball phenoms, you know, kind of consider it right, you know, these these tricks um, that they do and mm-hmm. this experience that they create. Mm-hmm. We've had some fans for decades, but we've had people that are also saying, are the Globetrotters still around? Right. <laughs> so we, Right. Mm-hmm. And that just hurts. Mm-hmm. Right. That hurts. 
So we want to reach that younger um, eight to 10 year old African-American boy and his parents. Mm-hmm. And if we start to look at that, because they're, they're synonymous with um, basketball culture, mm-hmm. basketball, basketball is synonymous with style um, and the halo effect that African-Americans have on culture, on brands, on businesses. Um, we believe that is going to appeal and draw the next generation of fans. So the elephant in the room, people ask, well, does it, that mean you don't want your Caucasian families, you know, the family who've been bought, who love the Globetrotters and have always loved the Globetrotters. You don't want them as fans anymore. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. This is really an, it's an, and not an, or, and it's important for us to open ourselves up to be relevant in the culture. Right. So that we can see that a hundredth year anniversary and we have generations um, coming up that love the Globetrotters in the same way that those from the past have. Well, you have to stand for something, you know, and that's what you were just saying, you know, and you're saying that what are the other than basketball, other than uh, trick artists, other than entertainers for longevity purposes? What do you stand? And if you stand somewhere and it has a, a basis of reality, authenticity, as they like to say nowadays, a sense of purpose, as they like to say nowadays, and that's, that's right. what you find, that's what you built back into the Harlem Globetrotters, because that's why they were founded in 1926. That's why they were created, because they were a voice of, 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 of show you, you can do this, you can do this too. We can travel to the world, we'd be respected, we can earn income because of our talents. And that's what... I, I believe you switched back to that in a good way because it was needed. And then what happens within the uh, the day-to-day life, the glow, Harlem Globetrotters become relevant. Because at one time, you know, only time I heard news about the Harlem Globetrotters when they were doing some sensational trick, you know, either shooting a ball mm-hmm. off the top of a building, you know, shooting a, a ball from a helicopter. You know, that's when they made the news, you know. Now they're making the news because of a brand that's socially conscious and aware of their fan base and their fans. And that's what you were saying. You're not trying to turn away every your fans. You're just trying to say, this is who we are. Welcome us for who we are because you're welcoming us because of our talents. Except that, because that's the only way you're going to get growth from the young people. Because the young people are about authenticity. And that's what you're trying to reach. You Having a fan that's 50, 60 years old, that is not going to grow your ticket sales. Having a fan starting at 5, <laughs> 10, 15, they're going to have kids. And when they have kids, they're going to have more kids. You know, so it becomes a generational growth, and that's what National Football League has figured out, and that's what you're trying to do right now with the Harlem Globetrotter. In your mind, is it working? Wow, we're at the beginning of the beginning. Mm-hmm. So we stepped out in our Jay-Z allow me to reintroduce myself moment on July 21st mm-hmm. um, in a bold way, and we are touching every aspect you know, of the brand and business because, as you said, um, ticket sales are important, mm-hmm. and that's really been the, the the cornerstone of our business. But really, we're re evolving the Globetrotters to a branded entertainment company that also tours. Right. So, if our fans want to engage and connect with us in YouTube, where that's where they like to be entertained, well, that's where we want to be. Mm-hmm. Apparel and product. Um, if that's what they use to sort of identify, you know, the the brands that share the same values, right? That they that mean something to them. We want to be in those spaces and places as well. That's why we changed our uniform. Um, the Globetrotters have never had a black uniform, you know, with the red, white, and blue. We partnered with Undercrown, mm-hmm. um, Dustin Cannellan, 
and Carrie Cruz who are just fantastic lifestyle designers to really modernize but maintain the tradition. Right. That you know, so that's that is what we've done in terms of looks. So is it working? I think one, the response and the engagement that we've seen from fans has been phenomenal. Oh. It's been phenomenal. And that's the key. Um we are just ramping up. We have brands that are uh that magnet is is being created mm-hmm. and our players, it's really about how we elevate our players as stars. And the more we start to see that happen, where people know by name, oh, I love Latif Jet Rivers mm-hmm. because he has that killer crossover, right. but he can cook <laughs> a mean beef brisket. Yes, yes, right? yes. Or yes, his yes. TikToks are out of control. So that's the once we start to see that, then we know that it's really crystallizing. But um, right now, the early indicators are fantastic. But we are just getting started. I, I refer to us as we're a ninety-five-year-old startup. Oh well, I'm, I'm happy to be there with you. Now you mentioned something, Clark Atlanta University, an HBCU that's uh, in the heart of Atlanta, Atlanta, Georgia. I'm doing an event over there, yeah. uh, September 25th, called HBCU College Day. And uh, it's on the campus. And what I'm doing is I'm bringing all the HBCUs from the state of Georgia. And some are coming from Alabama and from North Carolina. And I got the, I got the, uh, I got Morgan Stanley. I got some, uh, I got the, the boy, Big Brothers Big Sisters. I got the NFL. Yeah. All the, 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 the Coke Bottle United, Coca Cola United bottlers are involved. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I'm trying to do is I'm getting all the high school students to come in. You know, we, we're doing social distancing. My mask will be available. Sanitizer will be available. To come to Clark Atlanta University okay. to get the HBCU experience, we're going to have DJ there, we're going to have steppers, we're going to have drum lines, and we're going to have speakers. And I, I think it'll be a, a perfect, and we're going to have my man DJ Mars is going to be spinning, he's going to have a BMX yes. bike shop set up, and then the military is going to have an actual F-16 jet there and a hangar there, and and wow. uh, we're going to have the Air Force there, the Air National Guard there. I, I just think, you know, when you say Clark Atlanta University alumni and you're the vice president of marketing, I think I got to have a globetrotter <laughs> there at least as a representative showing off this new uniform. Now, I'm not trying to put no pressure on you. but when you, I didn't know nothing about <laughs> Clark Atlanta University, but I'd be remiss if I didn't tell you I was doing this big event September 25th that the whole city's going to know about in a couple of weeks because I'm going to start advertising on all the radio stations. I just think that'd be cool to really bring that brand down there just to showcase it just in a very organic manner because it's on the campus where you are from, you graduated from, and we are trying to just bring the HBCU experience to all the students in the state of Georgia, high school students and young juniors and seniors who attend Clark Atlanta, Spelman, and all of they can get Fortune 500 jobs. Companies are going to be there recruiting. We're going to have HBCU college recruiters and military recruiters. So that's what HBCU you college day. I, I just, I just want to just bring that up to you and say, hey, an invite is on your desk right now to come down there with your, with your, with your troop you. or one or two or however you want to do it because I think it'd be special. Oh, that is fantastic. Uh, as we said, Clark Atlanta, we will find a way or make one. Oh, good, good. <laughs> because like I said, because we, because yes. I'll be hosting it. I will host it, you know, and uh, we're gonna have a stage, twenty by forty foot stage, and we'll be sitting there doing our thing. Okay. It's just gonna be really great. And you know, Dr. French is probably gonna be there. He's the president of Clark Atlanta University. Uh, mm-hmm. We've developed a really nice relationship, but it's about your brand and bringing it into natural relationships. And and I just thought, of, uh, at least I'll be remiss if I didn't bring it up because I think that you. When you said you a certain smile and certain pride came out of you when you said Clark Atlanta University. Right. <laughs> That's right. We can't help it. We can't help it. And we, I mean, partnerships with HBCUs um, 
especially as we sort of look across our business. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to, again, with our staff, with our team, uh, to sort of be reflect, again, the audience that we want to serve. So how we start to look and recruit and look at developing programs with HBCUs, the right to sort of how, what are some of the opportunities within live entertainment, live events, touring industry, the touring industry that these students might even know, don't know exist right. for them. So cultivating those relationships, they're all about it. Uh, we're developing a certificate program with Savannah State mm. that is for um, live events um, and entertainment to really start to teach the coursework. So whether you want to work at a venue, you mm. know, um, State Farm Arena, or you want to work on a traveling tour, you know, like our Harlem Globetrotters tour, what does that look like? What's the skill set? What do you study? What's that curriculum? And then the, the desire is then that thing gets rolled out at other HBCUs around the country. So we're excited about that partnership with Savannah State and um, any opportunity to get back to my campus. I'm all about it. I might I'm have to call my, I'm, my, I'm my, my cheerleader. I'm going to give you a booth. My he best all, friends ahead. Here all this extra stuff. I'm going to give you a 10 by 10 booth. So if you want to use that 10 by 10 booth to just to decorate in the Harlem Globetrotter and, all, and bring some people down, Please know the gift is yours because that's Savannah State information you just gave me and your passion for developing that brand relationship with HBCUs. It's where I'm at my life, you know, about trying to, you know, just, mm. just step it up. I ESPN a couple of years ago, I went over there with uh, Stephen A. Smith and uh, Dave Rob, David Roberts, and they allowed me to broadcast the first take for two hours. And we've over the last couple of yeah. years, we've registered 2,000 students to attend HBCUs and raised $11 million in scholarship dollars. And so I know that that's where that's one of my legacies I'm building in my life. And just to hear you being a proud graduate, you know, I just had to bring that up. And I definitely off air, you know, I get my team to talk to your people because it's going to be September 25th. That's a Saturday, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. And I definitely like to see the Harlem Grove Childs down there. But before we go, two things I want to talk about is the Spread the Game Tour and the Dear NBA Letter. I'd be happy to. So our spread game tour, uh, as we relaunched the Globetrotters, we started touring in July and we're visiting several cities around the country. It's everything that you love about uh, the Globetrotters um, and then some. So that flash and flair of the game, it is uh, entertaining. You're going to see that, the the skillfulness of our players. We partnered with um, some folks from Broadway. So that was one of the gifts. Uh, for us, when our business came to a screeching halt during the pandemic, was Broadway's bid too. And we wanted to reimagine what our show experience was. So we partnered with the Broadway team. So there's some new characters mm-hmm. that you'll meet. I kind of describe it. It's like um, an all-star Saturday night where you see that incredible deep range shooting uh, dunks that are out of this world. And the the ball handling and some beautiful passes. Meet, I'm dating myself in living color. Right. <laughs> so, if you like that, oh, yeah. if you put those scenes together, that's what you're going to get in the spread game tour. Um, the music is just fantastic. It's just a good time. Mm-hmm. So, we'll continue touring through September. We'll be announcing some additional dates mm-hmm. for the tour that'll be coming later this year. So, that'll be coming. Um, so, uh, though we're going to take a, a time out in touring in September, just to kind of amp up the show and experience and, and, and get ready for a second run that's going to start in, um, in, in December right. mm-hmm. is when the next uh, set of dates will be coming to several cities around the country as well as we'll be going back out internationally. 
And then you're going to ask about the Dear NBA. So yes, our letter to the NBA, is that what you're referring <laughs> yes, to? Yes, I was asking. I, I got to know. I got to know. I got to know. <laughs> <laughs> so we talked about this at the start. The NBA would not be what it is today had it not been for the Harlem Globetrotters. Mm-hmm. So um, we were trailblazers in integrating the game of basketball. And we love what the NBA has grown and become. Um, and we think that we deserve a franchise. So as the NBA commissioner has been exploring that idea of new franchises, a new team, we'd want to be one of those teams. And we think that um, it'll bring just this win-win for the NBA as well as fans that, you know, some of that globetrotter style mm-hmm. um, of bringing that into the, the, the NBA experience would be just fantastic. We would field the right level of talent that would be needed uh, for an NBA franchise while continuing to do our more um, entertainment show style tours um, really separately. But um, the, the response from fans has just been fantastic. And we really look forward to the opportunity to, to talk to the commissioner about this opportunity. That's pretty powerful. Well, I'm talking to Sonny Hickman, the vice president of marketing and sales for the Harlem Globetrotters and a proud Clark Atlanta University graduate. And she's a mean basketball coach. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Don't say less. <laughs> uh, Sonny, thank you we for coming on. spread a little game. Thank you for coming on Money Making Conversation. I really appreciate it. It has been an honor. Thank you for having me. Awesome. If you want to hear or see any of my interviews on Money Making Conversations, please go to moneymakingconversations.com. I'm Rashawn McDonald. I am your host. <laughs>